I'd say the biggest intention that I have behind the work that I do with individuals and and the path that I'm walking myself is how can I support us in liberating ourselves? Because as you've heard me talk about before, we have a lot of unnecessary suffering. Of course, there'll be suffering and struggle and challenge in life. That's part of being human, but there's a lot of unnecessary suffering. And a few of the biggest things that keep us from being liberated is uh, our story, our judgment of ourselves and or others, and our expectations, our expectations of how we think life should be, what it should look like, where we should be at, the shoulds. So I want to talk about, yeah, what are the ways in which we can liberate ourselves from unnecessary suffering? So let's dive into that today. This is Corinne Bloom, and you're listening to Raw Conversations. So when I say liberate ourselves from unnecessary suffering, we might all have our own version of that. It could be the way that we judge or criticize ourselves. It could be what we expect from ourselves or our lives. It could be shame. It could be doubt, confusion, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, low self I mean, it could be so many just numerous things. So what I'm wanting to speak to is whatever it is that for you personally holds you back from being in your joy and holds you back from just being you and feeling at peace with yourself and feeling free within yourself, that's what we want to focus on um, softening and releasing. And ultimately, ultimately, a part of that obviously is alchemizing, giving that part of us what it needs, right? This is a big part of my work. But this is what we're focusing on today, is how to liberate ourselves from unnecessary suffering, whatever that means to you. So at the core of that, I like to use the word, how can we be at peace with ourselves? Because we are often in the pursuit of happiness, but happiness the pursuit of happiness alone can really be at the expense of being human. <laughs> I'm going to just put it that way. Just accepting our humanity, right? So I'm going to just plant the seed again, you know, what I talk about so much, you might be tired of it, but why love and coming into a state of love is so important and understanding or putting it in the context of love is the container for everything. Because really it is. It is the healer. It is the medicine. It is the alchemist. It really is the answer to pretty much freaking everything. <laughs> and the more that you can come back to that, as the base, as the blueprint, as the foundation for all of this work, just the easier it's going to be for you because it's, um, it's like the, the mega ingredient. It's like the, the elixir of life. (laughs) So what keeps us from being liberated? Our story is a huge one. So I'm going to try and focus on our story judgment and expectations, because those are three of the biggest ones. Our story is 
I'm not going to go too deep into it because I've done episodes in the past on it, but our stories, you know, our reality, it becomes our reality, most especially when we're identified with it. So what happens in our childhood or as we grow up is we have, you know, experiences, whether they're with our parents or our primary caretakers, could be our peers or our teachers at school. School has a huge influence on us as well, beyond just our family dynamics. But we, our human selves, um, get confused, get hurt, get traumatized, get scared, Um, and if we weren't given the presence, love, healthy attachment that we all fundamentally need as human beings, then we start to create a story about ourselves and that's where our limiting beliefs come in. And then what happens is we create a pattern out of this story. We have a narrative, we play it on loop and repeat. It, it continues to affirm our identity through our belief of ourselves, or false belief of ourselves, I should say. And and then that creates this like ongoing narrative and reality that this is life. This is how I experience life. This is what always happens. This the, the pattern keeps on repeating because we're coming from that belief and we're identified with that belief. And so then we say, well, we don't know it any other way. Because the identification is when we fuse the essence of who we are with our story. And so the work that we need to do is to create enough space that we can understand who the essence of who we are is behind the story, the narrative, the pattern, the belief, the identification of that belief. So I think I talked about that last week of just creating the space where you understand that you are the canvas behind the painting. But the story is a really powerful one, and that leads into, actually, I'm going to go into expectation before I go into judgment, because the thing is with expectation is it goes really well with our story. And this can be played out in a couple different ways. One is if we believe, um, if we have a low belief about ourselves, and let's say that low belief takes us into a victimization then we might expect things in life that will prove, that will validate that you're not good enough or that bad shit happens to you or whatever the victimized role is. Expectation can also look like what we expect life should look like. And that's a really big trap because we paint a picture of what our life should look like, where we should be by a certain age, and all of the the, the kind of checklist that goes with that. And a huge um, influence of that is culture, parents, peers, but also just our own expectations of what we wanted or maybe desired or maybe hoped for. But expectations often lead to disappointment because expectations are very rigid. They're very specific and they're very narrow. The view is very narrow. And life, actually, if you can trust it, which is hard, that's a challenge in and of itself, it will surprise you with with the unexpected. It will surprise you with just like what can just pop out out of the blue. You know, and sometimes that's beautiful and great and something to celebrate. And sometimes, sometimes it's tragic, 
right? There can be unexpected parts of life that are, that are really, you know, like a sudden death or whatever, a sudden loss of a job or a sudden um, truth being revealed within a relationship that just augments your entire reality around what you thought that relationship was all about. So there's, there's the shock factor of life, the unexpected and the unknown part of life. And so expectation can be an element of trying to control what is actually uncontrollable, (laughs) which is life. Now, with that said, on a side note, like asterisk, is that in, in one way, it's, I know it sounds like a total contradiction because in one way I could say we have no control of our lives and it's, that's not entirely true because where I think we do have an element of, I'd, I'd like to find another word rather than control because control often comes from fear, but engagement, we have an element of power because we have free will. We have creativity to co-create our lives And how we engage with life is totally under our control. We might not be able to control external circumstances or people, but we can certainly control how we react or respond to something and how we choose to move forwards in the face of whatever arises in our life. That is totally up to us. And also how we perceive life, what we want to believe about life, ourselves, others, love, women, men, all of these things that actually is under our control. So, but these expectations can be really limited and narrow because it's like, right, I want my life to look like this. And then life happens and you're like, well, fuck, that's not what I thought it was going to look like. (laughs) That's not what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting to be, you know, for some it could be, I wasn't expecting to be single at this age. For some, it could be, I didn't expect to be divorced at this age. For some, it could be, I didn't expect to be childless, or I didn't expect to um, not be as successful at this point. I was expecting to have more money. I was expecting to have a husband or wife. I was expecting to have a child. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like this real vision that can get really like cemented in that it needs to look exactly like that. And what I found in my 42 years of life is that life just doesn't pan out the way you you thought it would be. That doesn't mean that it has to be bad. That's not necessarily a negative thing. We can, I'm going to throw this in. There's absolutely the power of vision and manifestation. And I have had some manifestations that it's like uncanny how similar it is to the vision that I had. But I've also had, you know, things that have manifested in totally different ways. And sometimes, you know, there's a greater will for us that like, what is it that our soul, if you will, wants to learn in this life. And so opportunities come in to give us that playground of experience to learn something about ourselves through or to heal something within ourselves through. And, and sometimes the manifestation is beyond my vision, right? That's the, that's the surprise. That's the beautiful element of surprise of life. But a lot of it is just like, this isn't how I thought it was going to go. But then I think like, well, what, why do we have these expectations of, you know, the way we think it should go? And again, I'm going to say that culture is probably one of the biggest influences of that. And we live kind of in a ridiculous culture now that says, you know, by this age, 
you should be married. By this age, you should have a child. By this age, you should be this successful or this famous. By this age, you're over the hill. By this age, you're not sexy anymore. By this age, do you know what I mean? It's just like all of this crap that is being fed to us that really actually doesn't mean anything because it's just a, an opinion. It's a fad. It's a marketing ploy. Like it's, it's something that I would really invite us all to get out of as much as as possible out of that influence. But sometimes the the hardest expectations to really confront are our own. And sometimes our expectations are what we hoped and desired for our life. And when it doesn't pan out that way, it is very humbling. And there's definitely an element of surrender to that. Because the more that we fight it and we think, well, but this is what I thought my life should be and this is not at all what it you know, what I was expecting or hoping even that it would be, there's a real, um, you can feel like a failure. You can feel sorely disappointed. And that's the thing with expectations is because they're very narrow and very precise and exact. And, and normally I would say 99.9% of the time life doesn't happen exactly that way. We're going to then be setting ourselves up for disappointment. So coming back to this theme of how do we liberate ourselves from unnecessary suffering, part of that is letting go of expectation. Part of that is going, okay, maybe I have certain desires, my heart desires something, I have a vision of something, but I like to use the word intention. I have an intention for what I would like to experience in my life. You have the intention, you might have a vision that comes with that. You have the feeling that is like the most important part of the recipe for manifestation, especially. And then you got to let it go. You got to let it breathe. You got to let it fly. And you just allow that to come back to you or you allow yourself to be receptive to, um, receptive to allowing those experiences to come in to our lives so that we get to experience it. Now, the if the expectation is so rigid or we're clinging on to it so much and then life kind of unfolds in a way that those expectations weren't met. And here's the tricky thing. So let's say your expectation was that you wanted to be married and have X amount of children at a certain age and that hasn't happened yet you're going to be disappointed, right? And you're going to think, well, where did I do life wrong? Or why is this happening to me? There's a whole narrative that can go with that. Equally, you could have had the expectation to get married at a certain age and have X amount of kids. And then you have it and you're like, well, shit, I'm not really as happy and fulfilled as I thought I was going to be, right? That's another expectation that like that would lead me to happiness and fulfillment, and what I've learned about life is that no matter what you're wanting to experience in life, whether that's an expectation or an intention, when we get to that point, it is an illusion to think that like, ta-da, we've made it and now we're going to be happy <laughs> and now we're going to be fulfilled. Happiness, fulfillment, peace is not stagnant. It's not something that you arrive to a destination you achieve a certain goal, you get to a certain point, and then like, boom, you're done doing life. Like you just get to coast for the rest of life. It doesn't really work that way because happiness, peace, fulfillment, contentment is a state of being 
that is constantly in motion. It is constantly evolving and it also needs our constant attention and presence, right? Nothing in life should be stagnant. If you get stagnant water, what happens to it? It gets all like algae and disgusting and foamy and gross. Like water needs movement. So our lives need movement. And by movement, I don't mean that you always need to do something, but even a state of being is alive. There's movement within a state of being. So the thing with expectation and liberating ourselves from unnecessary suffering in relationship to expectation is to come back to the present moment and get out of the shoulds. What should your life look like? Who should you be? How should it all like unfold and be and work out and all of that stuff? It, and and it's, it, it's kind of a hard one to grasp sometimes. It might feel really abstract because you might not even recognize that you're doing that. And so it's really, really coming into the art of stepping into the unknown and, and inviting in the element of surprise and also tapping into trust. The reason why we do this work is because we're building a bond and an unbreakable trust with ourselves. And the more that we can trust ourselves, the more that we can trust life, the more that we can trust the unknown element of life as it unfolds. I hope that makes sense. Now, I want to bring in judgment. Judgment is a really big source of um, keeping us in unnecessary suffering because let's say you've gone into expectation and disappointment. Judgment and shame, those are the two that really come in because judgment is like, you know, you're not doing good enough. You should be doing better. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you in this relationship? Why aren't you successful in your work? Why do you mess? The the judgment is the self-criticism. And then the real underbelly of that could be shame. And the, the, the convoluted part of this is that we can get really addicted and attached to our judgment and to our shame because, as I said at the beginning, if we've identified with it, we've made it our narrative, we've made it our story that is on repeat, and because it's known, we stick with it because it feels safe because we know what it is, even if that means our life always has a little bit of a kind of shitty element to it <laughs> because we're in suffering. So I'm going to go back to what I said. Remember the context and the container of love, that love melts everything. It alchemizes everything. What judgment and shame need is love. And love is simply like, that's okay. And I'm going to like hold you and love you through that so that you can learn to stop doing that to yourself. Because when we judge ourselves, we're just being mean. When we shame ourselves, we're just putting ourselves down. We're hurting ourselves. This is where the unnecessary suffering comes in because it's just like, why? Why do we need to do that to ourselves? And some will say, but I don't know anything different. Yeah, of course you don't because you haven't, you haven't created the space within yourself 
to see that that's just a pattern. It's a habit. It's a belief system. It's a story. It's not who you are. So to really liberate ourselves, we have to first really go, what is my story? You know, and, and who is the character at the center of that story? So the character is going to have the belief. The character is going to have the identify, the identity of that belief and is going to perpetuate that story because that's all it knows. So you've got to create the space to recognize what is my story? Who's the character at the center of that? What are their beliefs and how do they identify with those beliefs? Within that story, what do I expect of myself? What do I expect of life? What do I expect of others? Is there a victim within that expectation? Then within that, I mean, this is like another branch of it, is how do I judge myself when I don't meet my expectations? How do I shame myself when I don't meet those expectations? of who I think I should be and where I should be in life. Now, if there's a victim at the center of all of this, the judgment and the shame bolsters the identity of the victim. And so you've just, sometimes it's like really asking ourselves super, I think this process actually, the simpler it is, as I've said in the past, the more profound it is. So like, I love Byron Katie's question, is it true? Is this actually true right now? That's a really good one for our story. Is that true in this moment? But another really good question is, is this serving me? Is this making me feel good? Am I free? Do I feel liberated in this moment? So the, is this serving me? If the answer is like, no, then obviously like, okay, yeah, that, that's made it clear. But if it's like, I don't know, then you can go into all of these things. Well, do I feel free? Do I feel worthy? Do I feel confident? Do I feel comfortable in myself? Do I feel at peace within myself? Like you could say, do I feel happy? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel content? But really at the core of it is, do I feel at peace? And do I feel comfortable in my own skin? If the answer to that is no, then the behavior and the pattern is not serving you. And then the, the, the work therein lies, how do I get, how do I liberate myself from this pattern? And so you got to stop believing the story. You got to recognize it's a story and you got to stop believing in the story and you got to see this is false. It's an illusion. And this is where it's really helpful to work with a therapist or a coach or some kind of facilitator, because sometimes we need an external neutral view that is more objective than our own that can show us. And we can see it kind of from the outside in. It, it gives us that point of reflection because sometimes when we're in it, we're blinded by it. We cannot see our own shit until somebody like connects the dots for us and shows us the pattern and why the pattern is there. And and then it's like, oh, oh, wow. And then we start to recognize it in things like, oh, right, there's that pattern again. There's the belief within that pattern. 
And at the core of that, as I've shared before too, is our need or unmet needs. And really that's another great question. Okay. What am I needing in this moment? What am I needing so that I can get out of this loop of this story and the belief system that goes with it and the identification within that and the expectations that go with that. And then the way that I judge and I shame myself if I don't reach those expectations. Do you see how it's all interconnected? And that might be like, whoa, Corinne, that's too much. But once you start to like, I really recommend journaling and writing things down. And, and some people write a list. Some people just write free flow. Some people, you might have like a brainstorm, you know, like the the um, bubble brainstorms where you have kind of one bubble and then it's connected to another bubble. And then, you know, another, it, all of these things, they're all interconnected. So whatever way visually works for you that your mind can understand and compute this, put it down on paper, get it out of your head. When it's in your head, it's like too close to see it. When you put it on paper and especially when you write about it, and write meaning handwriting, don't type it, because the, the when you do the somatic writing, the, the, body, the body, sorry, blah, 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 there's so much that's stored in our cellular memory, our physicality, our emotional body, our energetic bodies. It's really important to the way to filter and process and get this out has to be through your body. That's why writing is really helpful. Movement, you know, movement therapy. I do movement therapy. I haven't done it in a while because I've been working online, but that's really important as well. Sometimes it can be sound. Sometimes it can be breath. But anything that gets you into your body and just drops you out of the mind, the mind is a great tool, but it also can be a huge hindrance because it can keep you in a story, it can keep you in an illusion, it can keep you in a belief system. And so in order to shift it, you've got to drop down into your body where the truth kind of really lies of what happened underneath the story, underneath the belief. You know, that that's where you're going to really get your, your wisdom and that's where you're going to be able to alchemize your experience and transform these patterns and habits. And that's just all they are. So coming back to how do we liberate ourselves from unnecessary suffering? Hmm. I'm trying to just simplify it. I'm going to say one thing that I said to a client today. Stop trying so hard. You don't need to try so hard at life. You don't need to try so hard to be someone that's better than who you are. You don't need to try so hard to achieve something in order to feel validated. Sometimes we come into these places of kind of emptiness or boredom. And those are actually really interesting moments, even though they're very uncomfortable. Because I'm going to share what came up in a session, because it really reminded me of, of my own experience and journey is that when we can visit a place of being without distraction, and we can really get to know what it's like to just stay and be and like be in our senses, you know, look at out, look outside the window. What do you notice? What do you hear? What do you smell? 
What do you taste? How do you feel within just that state of being where you're witnessing life? You're witnessing yourself experiencing life. The more that we can do that and we understand that state of being, it allows us to be with whatever arises in life. Our emotions, our fears, the surprises that life will throw at you, the challenges, the struggles, the suffering, you know, the joyous moments and the the moments of grief anything and everything. We understand how to be with them because we understand what the state of being feels like, which is just like, just be with what is. Don't distract. Don't go into doing. Being is alive within itself. It's not doing nothing, right? So in its simplest form, you don't need to try so hard because you don't need to get anywhere. Nobody is measuring the success of your life other than yourself. And really the quote unquote success of your life is going to be how free and at peace did you feel within yourself as you moved through the various experiences in your life? How much did you fight against yourself? How much did you create unnecessary suffering because you judged yourself or you shamed yourself or you neglected yourself or you abandoned yourself? And how did that take you away from feeling free and alive and happy and at peace within yourself? So try less. Drop into, can you just really accept yourself for who you are, knowing that there's nothing wrong with you and knowing that this is all just an experience where you get to grow and learn more about yourself and that there's no measuring stick. It should just be, I don't like using the word should. It really comes down to just how present are you with yourself and let go of all of the other expectations that that culture, that family, that peers have, that you have, and allow yourself to come back to that that blank canvas and paint the life that you want to paint on it, knowing that sometimes it's not going to go the way that you thought it was going to be, that it's going to go. And it's like, can that be okay? And can you be present enough to go, okay, what am I learning about this right now? And what choices do I want to make moving forward? And how do I want to take myself by the hand along the way so that I can do this with a greater sense of ease because I'm not fighting myself? Liberating ourselves is letting go of the layers upon layers upon layers of all the shoulds and the expectations and the judgments and the shame and they're not good enough and they're not worthy enough. And do you see, like just strip all of that back. And come back into that state that you're enough as you are right now. And your life is enough as as it is right now. What you want to experience in it to make it feel more enlivened or inspired or meaningful or colorful or beautiful, you get to create that. You get to create that. But if you have expectation and you have judgment that's driving that, you're going to be in a state of suffering. Or victimization driving that too, right? Because that keeps us in a, in a certain kind of loop as well. So what would life look like if you could liberate yourself by knowing that you are enough as you are and that your life is like perfectly okay as it is? Nobody's, nobody's measuring it. Nobody's judging it. 
And then just see where that takes you. It's very present moment living. And I'm not saying this is easy. Sometimes it's bloody fucking hard. But it's just much more easeful because we're not fighting ourselves. So food for thought. (laughs) I hope that wasn't too abstract. You know, again, you know where to find me if you want to dive deeper into this on a personal level. But um, take these points as a point of reflection Maybe it's thought-provoking. Maybe it's freaking annoying. But, like, write about it. Think about it. Meditate about it on it. Um, Talk to someone about it and see what comes out of it. I'm not here to give you the answers. I'm here to open up the questions so you can go on. uh, You can explore. And you can take the inner journey to find your own answers. So I hope that's helpful. Take it or leave it, as always, as feels right for you and loving you from afar. You've been listening to Raw Conversations with Corinne Bloom. Thanks so much for showing up, listening in, and being a part of the conversation with me. 